0: Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. Greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. Live and on demand right here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Even wore my name tag today, just in case you had forgotten. Alongside Totters and Aaron McIntyre. My old friend, quasi-boss, or I guess, on the Ted Cruz presidential campaign, Cruz strategist Jason Johnson's going to join us for a special pre-election day Group here in just a matter of moments. Looking forward to that. Also, something you should need to be looking forward to. I tried this yesterday, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not a huge snickerdoodle guy. I have a sweet tooth. It's not like I'm, like, you know, against it. But in general, you guys know, if it's a choice between anything with any flavoring, and chocolate or pumpkin, I'm going to choose chocolate or pumpkin every single time, right? We're clear on that. Yeah, yeah I think I've made that patently clear with my palate of an 11-year-old boy or something. Is yes. that what you've accused me of, Todd? Yes. Can that's I just not make an one, accusation. One, it's a diagnosis. It's an observation. Yes. Diagnosis. Just
1: yes. One quick remark uh, in a digression. The, the symmetry of this week. The symmetry of this week. Opening up Monday show. Listen, everybody's got their problems. L- opening up Friday show. Listen, I'm not a huge Snickerdoodle guy. The yes. symmetry <laughs> of this week. That's the Steve totally Day complete. show. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean that's that's just how we roll. We're we're all over the place. It's very random. Um, the brand new Snickerdoodle Puff Built Bar. Now, let's let's deal with this. All right, because we are heading in to a holy season, the blaspheming of claiming that this was going to topple or challenge chocolate chip cookie dough chunk as a flavor. Just I'm just going to chalk that up to, as you said a minute ago, Aaron, we all have our problems. All right. I'm just going to chalk that up to we all have blind spots. We all make mistakes. Far be it for me to argue with Bilt Bar's messaging, but I'd cancel that one. Okay. Nothing. Nothing tops chocolate chip cookie dough because it's a food group, or should be. I love
2: how the most subjective things in the world are the things you that get I'm the most, most passion and fired up about. Well, you get yes. most like this is the truth about it. even more than stuff that is objective. I miss you. Like I will die on this hill Correct. here and now. Correct.
0: But the Snickerdoodle Puff, dude! Holy cow, is that good? And then it dawned on me: it's chocolate covered, so I'm getting chocolate and Snickerdoodle. Who hadn't thought about this before? It is their brand new flavor, and it is incredible. Might be already in the top five. Number one, you got cookie dough chunk. Number two, you've got coconut brownie chunk. Number three, you've got mud pie Uh, brownie batters in there. Um, It's it, it it could challenge for top five status. It is really really good and it's available right now as well as all of their other great flavors as i just mentioned all of them covered in real chocolate you won't believe that something could taste that good for less than 160 calories not loaded with calories carbs sugar but packed with plenty of flavor and protein it's the best protein bar ever made and it's available to you right now with the promo code DACE for 15% off when you get it online at built.com. Promo code DACE for Built Bar at built.com. Coming up next hour, we'll get into some feedback Friday. There was some news uh, that I shared on Twitter last night looking at some of the early vote totals out of uh, Philadelphia. Democrats could be running about 200,000 votes short in early voting there. And... Keep in mind, that state was only <clears throat> won by about 85,000 votes or about 80,000 votes, I should say, back in 2020. And this is probably not the air, the year, if you're a Democrat, not the environment you want to go hunting for votes outside of your bluest areas if you fall short. And that has nationwide repercussions because most of these battleground states, guys, are basically a handful of counties, college towns and the urban areas, Democrats control, and the rest of the state is basically Alabama. That's essentially what most of these battleground states are so if, if, they, if they've got a problem with that in philadelphia then they've got a problem with that in detroit there's a report out of detroit black voter turnout might be down 30 percent from what it was in the 2018 midterms uh so you're looking at the same problems would exist in milwaukee minneapolis atlanta um, in in a lot of these urban areas around the country which is why it's no surprise that cbs news listen do i think trump's running well i've been telling you for almost uh, two years, that barring legalities or health, he's running. So yes, do I think he's anxious to announce? I do. Do I think CBS News would be the place that would get the exclusive scoop on Trump's inner thoughts? No, 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 no. Unless
2: that's where that Nora chick works now.
0: <laughs> this is this is just quite simply oblique. Oh bleep! Look at the black vote in Detroit and Philadelphia, and this is probably going to happen all over the country. Quick, put Trump on the ballot fast as we can stat that's what this is nothing more nothing less it's a desperate last ditch attempt to not get run over by the young Glenn Youngkin coalition with Hispanics and to try to gin up black voters by making Trump the face of the election nothing more nothing less i mean they're campaigning in new mexico that's where biden was yesterday this time in the 2020 campaign jj can tell you he lives down there they were buying ads in texas in 2020 at this time now they're trying to save new mexico so what does that tell you about the environment quite a bit which is why let's get to the dace group Your weekly look at the week that was begins, as it always does, with issue one, Bleep Lord Nefarious says.
1: What you're about to hear is extremely disturbing. Just a handful of days from the 2022 midterm elections, what you're about to hear is what the direct propaganda arm of the regime is choosing to cover. This is a report from NPR's Kate Wells, who spent nine days shadowing a Detroit baby-killing mill Northland Family Planning in Michigan. Again, this is what the propaganda arm of the regime is focusing on just days away from the election.
3: This patient is not one of the patients you heard before. She's asked that we not use her name. She's from Michigan. She already has one kid. She's having her abortion at about 11 weeks. Nearly all abortions in Michigan are before 13 weeks. And like many patients at Northland, she said I could record her procedure We're gonna hear some of that now. So I am just gonna get you set up on the table and we're gonna do that sedation medicine. I'm gonna pull this out under your legs. Most patients are partially awake during the procedures. They get IV medication for pain and anxiety. The lights are dimmed, there's soothing music. It actually feels a lot like a childbirth, the medical gown, your bare legs and stirrups, and a person next to you saying, you can do this. Please don't Just keep breathing. That's Brandy. She's one of the staffers. Her job is to monitor vital signs, but it is also to hold the patient's hand and talk her through this. Whether it's a birth or an abortion, it is often women guiding other women. I'm going to hear this machine turn on now, okay? It makes a loud
1: noise. Blow it out, blow it out. Breathe through, breathe through. Blow it out. Listen to me. Blow it out.
3: If you hold your breath, it just makes it harder for you. Keep breathing. Just keep breathing, Brandy tells her over and over. I can't, the patient says at one point when the cramps get painful. Yes, you can, Brandy tells her. You're doing it. And then within just a couple of minutes, it's over.
1: Take some deep breaths for me. Catch your breath. You did
2: it. Thank you guys so much. You You are welcome. I hope I didn't. I didn't do too bad. You 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 did great. (laughs) You did just (sighs) fine. Yeah, you're okay.
0: (laughs) So, Aaron, you reminded me of what I let off the show with just yesterday, talking about why I am using so much spiritual language in my everyday political analysis. And the point that I made is with an entire year in total control of the political and economic infrastructure in the country where they could have uh, triangulated, manipulated things, uh, they did none of that. They just managed the decay and encouraged it. And instead, they're basically running on a platform this year of you can trade in systemic child sacrifice for or systemic collapse. That's your choice. That, that you're not even being offered, with, you know, in the past when you threw your baby into the fire, when you threw your baby into the volcano, there was at least the promise of a harvest. You'd get something out of it. Now it's just you get the joy of the kill itself or a societal collapse. That's the pitch. That's their that's their election pitch this year. And if that's not demonic, I don't know what is. So, Jason Johnson, I'm going to start with you. You've worked in politics for how long, Jay? Uh-
4: over 20 years. Oh, my, my brain's not working very well after listening to that. I, how's
0: your soul, by the way, after hearing that? But have you ever seen anything like what has transpired in this? We used to marvel that Obama would not move to the middle after losing midterms. Yep. But this is way beyond that. I mean, they, yep. they are literally running on... I mean, you know, you should be happy for 485% higher inflation because we're the ones that are going to let you continue to kill your kids. They're not running on anything else, Jason. How else am I supposed to analyze that, Jay?
4: I don't think there is another way to analyze it, Steve. And, and it obviously, and in, in my part of this business, doesn't fit real well to go where you're going. But it's the truth, right? And it's not, and it's not just... The, 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 the sickening uh, audio I mean it really was rough to listen to that we just heard, but it also extends to you know the, the issues the, the, the drag queen shows and you know everything that's gone on in our schools and I just like you made the point, we used to complain about Obama you know and, 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 and his inflexibility. It, you know, as we saw it then. I mean, even look at the school issues and, and and what's happened in this last year, and just the righteous indignation that school board members, who are supposedly the closest you can be in polit- local politics, just telling parents, "Shut the hell up and mm-hmm. go away." Mm-hmm. They're our kids. Uh, the border issue, on and on. I've just anecdotally, I have struggled more this election cycle, frankly, the last two years, to answer questions when I'm asked by people who aren't in politics, but know that I am, Jason, why are they doing this? You know, it comes up with the border all the time. It can't just be that they want to change the, the, the makeup of the electric. Why are they doing this? Uh, and it's a hard question to, to answer. It really is. I mean, it, 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 it does feel like a spiritual battle without question.
2: here's what's going on here i've told you before about uh elie wiesel's night and how chapter after chapter the 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 jews were there were escapees from the concentration camps coming back and trying to tell them and they just couldn't believe that this was real And then they were increasingly moved out of their homes, moved to uh, a group living in the same kind of neighborhood again. But it's sooner or later, it's going to stop. And these rumors of the concentration camps, again, they even amongst the soldiers, you hear the stories of the soldiers who finally liberated uh, them. And it's still like when they saw it with their own eyes, it was like, again, unbelief. These people are saying, Hey! here's our concentration camp do you like it yeah the i hadn't listened to that before and hearing them talking it's when they turned on the machine sounds like a lawnmower going up they are showing you the inside of the concentration camp and they're proud of it even the nazis did not do that people so you have to ask yourself why do they want you to know about this and what do they have prepared for you
0: let me go back if you don't mind aaron Jay, I want to go back to you for a second again, because you you work in the trenches of politics. I mean, you, you have for decades, you work with data, you know, people from all over various sides of the aisle, things of that nature. How many years was this is a difficult choice, it's a private choice, in five minutes... We just we just went ahead and said we didn't even we didn't even do the boy in the striped pajama. We just bypassed that and said, hey, look at our Calvacada Whimsy here. What do you think? Do you like the show? Here's the pay-per-view. How do you explain that, Jason?
4: It, it, It is inexplicable. It truly is. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, particularly at the federal level, elected officials who live inside bubbles. Right. This is so far beyond that it's so far beyond it uh, that it is very difficult to explain other than Steve if you set the spiritual battle aside if you subscribe to the economic theories that these cats subscribe to et cetera, Malthusian ethics
0: basically is that what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah
4: yeah I mean it's they're in a tough spot they're in a very tough spot but the the just just as was said, I mean, there there are certain things you would think you want to keep behind closed doors, and high. Uh, the promotion is it, it's. I'm sorry, I don't have anything deeper, man. Uh, that that really hit me hard. I had not heard that.
0: Uh, uh, well, I think it's important for our audience to hear it from a guy who has worked the technocratic side of this business for a long time. Because, as Todd says, I, you know, I, I can get a little worked up and passionate about things. And I think it's good for the audience to hear maybe I'm not overreacting here and I'm just observing actual behavior. Aaron, you get the final word.
1: The worst part of that for me is, is kind of how I, I set it up. And, and not only the, the tweet that you referenced earlier, Steve, you sent that almost about the same time that this aired yesterday morning on NPR. Hmm. Which is... Uh, Interesting. We'll just put it that way. But the worst part of this is, is, is how, I, how I set this up. This, we're what, three, four days away, five days away from, four days away from the midterm elections. And this isn't just the pretend unofficial propaganda arm of mainstream media. This is NPR. This is taxpayer-funded yeah. media. So this is the official propaganda arm of the regime. And they decided to do unplanned. Hmm just a different spin on it. They're going to take you inside and say, hey, look how beautiful this is as they fire up the vacuum.
0: Holy cow. Three years ago, that movie got rated R for, for, yeah. for showing and now. Now, yes. now it's on NPR. Yeah. That was three years ago. You just freaking blew my mind, dude, when you said that. Seriously, you just blew my mind.
4: Can I add one more thing to that? Can just hit me? NPR, just as you said, the official mouthpiece, the official PR machine that we have the honor you of know, uh, paying for, against the backdrop of how many crimes, property crimes, threats that have been committed against crisis pregnancy centers Mm -hmm. all across the country, and that they also shove in in everyone's faces to say, we're not gonna do anything about it.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Well, you're both hinting at the fact that this is the ultimate gaslight within it themselves. Within the video itself, they say it's just like a birth. It's yep. the exact opposite of a birth. That's why they're doing this. Preach. Reality is immaterial to them. They are trying to destroy it.
0: I apologize for interrupting you, Aaron. You blew my mind. That's Finish it. Finish your point. That's it. Okay. I, I, I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, I, I was with, because they're the people producing my movie. I was with them the night they got the rated mm-hmm. R. And they were pretty dejected about it. And yeah. it was because of an accurate depiction of an abortion scene. And now they just, it's on NPR for everybody to listen to. That was 2019. Yes. 2019. Exit question on a scale of one to 10. You know what? I don't even have, yeah. I don't have, I just don't, I don't, I don't have a Lindsey Graham joke. In, I just don't have it in me. I don't, I just don't. Um, we need a segue here. In fact, here's an excellent segue. This is why we are partnering on the show with Preborn. Because even before Roe was overturned, they were on the streets working with moms in crisis, like my mom was, pregnant at 14, convincing them not to kill their baby and make a mistake that they'll go on to regret even more than whatever circumstances led to their pregnancy, for, potentially for the rest of their lives. And they have saved hundreds of thousands of women and their children from the plague of abortion. But I love the fact that the, they are prepared now for the post row world and that they do aftercare, too. They offer um, maternity, baby clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, so much more, all of it free of charge. So they love them both. So they're ready for the post row world where we're really now have one of the greatest ministry opportunities in the church that we've had in modern times. And that's what they have been doing, and they are prepared to do it pre-born. But to make those things free, they need donations from people like us. If you'd like to make one, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby today. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Or if this is easier... Uh, Just go to preborn.com slash Steve. Again, that is preborn.com slash Steve. Let's get to issue two, red wave, red tsunami, or red wedding.
1: Here are how key statewide races are shaping up in the five most scrutinized states from 2020. For the 2022 midterms, we'll begin in Wisconsin, where the latest Emerson poll has Ron Johnson leading Mandela Barnes by five in that Senate race, and Republican Tim Michaels leading Democrat Tony Evers by one point in the gubernatorial race. In Michigan, incumbent Governor Gretchen Whitmer leads Republican candidate Tudor Dixon by five in the latest Emerson poll. The latest Trafalgar poll from the middle of October had that race tied. In Pennsylvania, the latest Emerson poll has Democrat gubernatorial candidate Josh Shapiro with a 10-point lead over Republican Doug Mastriano. That same poll finds Mehmet Oz with a two-point lead over John Fetterman in the Senate race. In Georgia, basically every recent poll has Brian Kemp leading Stacey Abrams in the neighborhood of 8 points to 14 points. The latest Trafalgar poll of the Senate race there from late October has Herschel Walker leading Democrat Raphael Warnock by two points. And in Arizona, basically every poll, including one from the middle of last month from Trafalgar has Kerry Lake leading Kate Hobbs by between one to three points on the Senate side. Conversely, every poll has Democrat Mark Kelly leading Republican Blake Masters by between one to three points as well, including that same Trafalgar poll from last month, which showed a one point advantage for Kelly. All
0: right, JJ, we'll go back to you here for the first question. As you look at the trend line of Tuesday's midterms, Do you think you see a red wave, which is a typical midterm election for the party out of power? Their base is more fired up. White suburban swing voters swing back uh, the other direction. We've seen that play out numerous times. We saw it just play out in 2018. That's pretty traditional. Uh, What I think... And, and, and forecasted a few weeks ago, a red tsunami, which is a breakthrough, devastating rebuke of a party in power with outlier constituencies joining together, like, say, Hispanics, for example, or a red wedding, where they have also so successfully depressed their own base that we could actually be looking at some form of a realignment of the electorate, like Lee Zeldin wins in New York, for example. Washington State, Patty Murray loses out there as an example. Which of those three trend lines do you think we are seeing, Jason, and why?
4: So I think we are we are definitely seeing a trend of a quote tsunami, but I have a caveat on that, Steve. I think that when we think and well, let me ask you this question: when when you when you predicted a tsunami? Remind me what number you attached to that in the US House for Republicans.
0: I thought well well basically I took the ninety four election, which was I believe fifty four seats. Yeah. And and they and they picked up fourteen of those already and then yep. just added forty to get to, to fifty four. That's essentially yep. what I what I predicted. Um, and, yeah. and my idea of a tsunami was basically it's Glenn Youngkin's coalition of a year ago with suburbanites mm-hmm. coming back home to the GOP and joining with all the rural voters that Trump brought into the party. And then you add in about another 10 points of Hispanics. Youngkin only got 32 percent of Hispanics right. in Virginia right. last year. And so that's right. where I forecasted a tsunami is if those events were to occur at the same time.
4: Sure. And I, and I think those. Uh, with the possible exception of the, of the Hispanic vote nationally, I think there are no doubt there's no doubt that that's going to contribute regionally in certain pockets around the country. But my caveat is simply that you know, a tsunami may not necessarily uh, have the same margins that we have seen in years past, like in '94. Mm-hmm. In other words, because of redistricting, because of the the just red hot uh, partisan division that we're experiencing, there are fewer persuadables out there. And it, it, to the extent that you are, right? Inflation is driving you to the polls. But you can understand why at this point, right, you just reflected on the change since 2019 on a rated R for a movie versus what we just heard. You can understand people checking out all of that to say, I think we're going to have a tsunami, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Republicans in the House end up around 200, with around 230 seats. And, and there, a lot of people would say, eh, that's not a tsunami. Same on the Senate side right? I'm thinking we're going to end up at about 53 seats, right? But, I mean, that requires us to win a couple of tough seats that I would categorize as a tsunami. Uh, but do we get to that point of winning Washington and New York? I'm, I'm just not sure, Steve. I'm really not. And on the wedding, <laughs> I hope that it's a wedding, but my view of that's a little different. You know, we got to wait until after the honeymoon, which is to say, we take the house we take the senate what in the hell do we do with it mm-hmm. what in the hell do we do with it mm. if these suburban voters come home to us if we increase our share with the uh, with the hispanic electorate and then republicans do the same crap they've done the last half a dozen times we've had control well then we we'll, it'll just swing right back
0: see i think right? i'm glad you brought up that point cuz Do you guys mind if I ask him about this? Because these are all things we've talked a million times about. Let's ask a pro about them. I have made the analogy with Hispanics loosely to what happened. You you, you first saw the migration of black voters to the Democratic Party under Truman. That's what led to his upset of of Thomas Dewey is he he integrated the armed forces. They weren't polling black people back then. He got nearly 40 percent of that vote and that put him over the top nationwide. And then, of course, that was culminated with Kennedy's call to MLK and then LBJ in 1964 and that route of Goldwater. But then he he consummated that relationship. Be delivered for them. They got the Voting Rights Act. They got the Civil Rights Act, right? Okay? I think Hispanics right now, particularly in our generation and younger. The, the Gen X Hispanics aren't the ones waving Mexican flags when we play Mexico in the World Cup. They don't care about that crap. They're not they don't they don't believe they're Mexicans. They're Americans. They're open they're they're up, they're open for business and you're seeing this in your state on the border right now. They're willing they're 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 shopping. And they're going to they're going to make they're going to they're going to say yes to an engagement ring next Tuesday. All right. The consummation of that relationship, though, has to come from just as LBJ delivered for blacks with real policy republicans have to consummate that relationship i believe jason by delivering with real policy we're not going to be the world's leading fentanyl importer to poison your kids anymore we're going to punish criminals we're not going to increase inflation by 480 percent since trump's last month in office like they've got to deliver on that stuff if they do then i think you're looking at a generational change of hispanic voters similar to what we saw with black voters a half a century or about you know a little more than a half a century ago if they don't then i agree with you. I think everything's back up for grabs again in the next cycle what is your take I, on that
4: agree agree with that completely you know, there was a, a very recent national survey of hispanic voters by pew and 80 percent of hispanic voters said that the economy is quote very important mm-hmm. followed by 75 percent that not crime that quote violent crime mm-hmm. is very important to them right and and THE the ECONOMIC, you, YOU TALKED ABOUT HISPANICS, GEN X, I MEAN, I WOULD GO BEYOND THAT, RIGHT? THIS, this IS, a GENERALLY SPEAKING, A CULTURE OF PEOPLE WHO WORK HARD AND WANT TO GET AHEAD AND WANT TO PURSUE THE AMERICAN DREAM, AND IT'S BEEN KICKED RIGHT IN ITS BUTT BY THE RADICAL DEMOCRATS, AND, and THEY SEE THAT. It, IT'S PLAIN TO SEE. THEY FEEL IT EVERY TIME THEY GO TO THE GROCERY STORE, JUST LIKE THE REST OF US. And the proof will be in the pudding. Go forward after they gavel down uh, in the new Congress. But the Republicans have to deliver. If they do, I'm with you. I, I think you I think you see a real shift of Hispanic voters and it's frankly I think it's a just another part of this broad shift that we've seen going back to a little before twenty sixteen. Uh, you know, it used to just be rural, but it's more generally now blue collar workers or as we poll it, you know, those you know, with less quote, less than a four year college degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that coalition has become critical.
0: Let's get to the exit question. Pick your best upset on Tuesday. Aaron. I'm calling my shots. We're
1: going to go Lee Zeldin in New York. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I don't either. I don't. I don't I think, think that's, it's outside think, of the realm of possibility. I think that's probably going to be the biggest uh, eyebrow raiser on the day. Todd.
2: If that happens, there's no, I mean, that's it.
0: That's a red wedding.
2: But, but I will say Oregon, Governor. I think that, that seems more likely to me.
0: And there's a unique circumstance out there with disaffection dis with a Democrat nominee and a third-party candidate that might hit double digits. Jason, what do you think? What's your best upset on Tuesday?
4: So so Aaron just snatched it w- right away from me. I, I'm with him on Zeldin, but I would go next, uh, and some people might not consider this a huge upset, but I would say the the New Hampshire Senate race.
0: Yeah. It's not looking like it, – well, it's still an upset now. Yeah. But keep in mind, I mean, would you know what? Can I just say, if I could have the ultimate outcome, it would be Republicans get 53-54 senators with Bolduc and Masters in these guys, and Oz loses. All the guys that McConnell didn't want to fund yep. all win, and Oz still loses to a vegetable. That would be, like, <laughs> the perfect outcome. You, do, yeah, you put your finger right, on – we gotta go, Jay. I'll let you. I'll let you finish that point when we come back. We're up against a hard break. We'll come back here with more in a moment. Stay tuned. Well, these are certainly some unprecedented times. Dang. Yes. We were just talking about an odd jobs report where total payrolls in America are way higher than was being estimated, yet the unemployment rate actually went up, and the amount of people working in the workforce did not demonstrably increase. How do you explain that? Well, one way to explain it is more people feel the need to take a second or third job. And that's how the total amount of people in the workforce would not go up. That's how the unemployment rate would not go down, but the amount of payrolls would actually increase because you're you're getting a you you're somebody's you're a second payroll in your household you needed another job because yeah. of what's going on in this economy.
1: right? Kind of uh, along those lines, you know what a really good political messaging to the, the, the people who are t- having to take two or three jobs. come tell kill them, your kid. Y- yeah, come kill your kid, yeah. tell them everything's fine, inflation is going down, gas prices are
0: going. By generic raisin brand? Yeah, yeah, that those was a good really, one. really really yeah, uh, we, didn't even, we didn't even have time to get to messaging. that one. yeah, yeah there were so many uh, fails we didn't have time to get to that one, but that's just another reason. this is a systemic societal collapse we are living through. But there could also be an opportunity for some good deals. But make sure you've got the right person to help you shepherd through these unprecedented times. If you're getting in the real estate market, make sure you get one of our trusted agents at realestateagentsitrust.com. These are agents who have all been vetted and their track record of full-time success. Verified, Otherwise, we don't list them. That's why we've got a waiting list of thousands of agents nationwide waiting to get included. And it's because we don't take just anybody. Uh, go to com right now uh, and provide us some basic info. And from there, we will reach out to you and make an introduction to one of our preferred agents at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, let's uh, bring back in our... Contributor on the Day's Group this week, former Cruz for President chief strategist Jason Johnson. So, JJ, you were saying something before the break. There, I want to let you finish that point. Go ahead.
4: Oh, just going back to to the upset. You know, is New Hampshire an upset? M- my reasoning for saying yes is what you touched on, and that's you know how Mitch McConnell has played his cards in this election. Right? It, it would be <laughs> they would be none too happy. And I, I like your idea too of uh, just let's. Let's set Pennsylvania to the side and pick up, you know, New Hampshire. I mean, they spent nine million dollars in Alaska on Lisa Mm Murkowski and zero dollars on Mike. Who's running
0: against another Republican. I don't think we have not had a chance to touch on that a lot on our show, but they went to ranked choice voting there like California and Alaska to try to save Lisa Murkowski. So she's actually running against another Republican. So when, when J.J. says it's not just it's, – it's even worse than we're just spending money to save the people that we like. In this case, it's to defeat another Republican. All right, that, So it's even worse than you think it is. All right, <laughs> The look on Todd's face. Is there a history of
1: that with uh, Murkowski in Alaska? Oh, you Damn. mean like
0: losing primaries yeah. and doing write-in yeah. campaigns, stuff like that? Oh, yes. So with all that then being said, that's a good segue to get to issue three in our weekly look at the week that was. The Aftermath
1: Real clear politics is forecasting the GOP to pick up four Senate seats this Tuesday, giving them a 54 to-46 majority in that chamber. Steve's final Senate crystal ball has Republicans gaining six seats for a 56-44 advantage. On the gubernatorial map, real clear politics has Republicans occupying the governor's office in 31 states, with three of them having been flipped. Steve has GOP governors in 36 states, including New York, Minnesota, Colorado, and Pennsylvania.
0: So based on what you believe will happen on Tuesday, what is the biggest change to the political landscape after that smoke clears? Todd, I'll start with you.
2: It has to be accountability. It has to be, you know, Obamacare. Look what happened, 26, running on it, say we had to get rid of it, then it just, it stays. Uh, If there's no level of accountability, Twitter right now, that's what you, it needs to be, the version of that again uh, uh, people Elon getting Musk, fired people getting Elon laid Musk off. is letting a bunch of people go yeah. today it is it does Rome wasn't built in a day we, we get it's going to take some time I said that about Elon Musk uh, uh yesterday as mu- much as anybody but you go in there there are the things everybody agrees must be done and this coalition of people coming together that Steve says would be responsible for a tsunami or a red wedding the That's the driving force for that push. Stop this and stop this now. We want serious people uh, who who, uh, react to things the way uh, the parents are reacting uh, to school board meetings. Show them they're not alone anymore. Go in there and do your damn job immediately. Aaron.
1: So I think the aftermath of this legislatively at the federal level Pick a fight on one of two or three things. Pick a fight. Don't just pick a fight, but pick a fight and win immediately. They can do this if they have the political will. They can win if they have control of both chambers and have the the political will to win. Gas, energy policy, force some changes there, saying we're not going to sign anything until you get rid of regs, blah, blah. There's a number of things you could do. Forcing the Biden, uh, the Biden uh, Energy Secretary and Energy Department of uh, Energy to, to to change some things. Two, obviously, this is one that affects all of us in some ways, and it has affected a lot of people. Uh, COVID, get that, pick a fight on that and win. Whether it's getting rid of remaining of, uh, jab mandates or, like Todd said, holding people accountable. Um, Governor Wise. Uh, if Mastriano wins, there are I mean, you you can do you can do a lot of things as governor. But what I would like to see immediately and I think is going to happen is Carrie Lake down in Arizona declares an invasion on the border and might even go the extra step of deploying uh, whatever uh, whatever resources she has to, to stopping it, at least in Arizona. Those are the things that I want to see immediately. Jason,
4: was this what we want to see or what we think is going to happen either way? Okay. Well, let me, let me say this. I think we're going to learn a lot right after the election by what the Republicans do on the continuing resolution, right? I think we're going to learn a lot. Do they finally take a stand on the National Defense Authorization Act and say hell no to it so long as there's anything to do with the jab still included, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're going to learn how much this new Republican majority is willing to fight between next Tuesday and Christmas, right? Uh, So there's that. Beyond that, I agree with everything that Aaron just laid out. Uh, I would add impeach Mayorkas, right? I think, I mean, look, impeachment, outside of impeachment of the president, you know, it's a weird thing. I think just like with everything you guys Uh, Which, by the way, I want to just say, uh, look, the role, Steve, that you and and others have played in exposing uh, the whole COVID charade and everything with the Japs, man, just, it's been incredible, right? But just like with everything to do with COVID, it's so drastic, it's so dramatic, it's so unjust. There has to be in dramatic fashion justice mm-hmm. examples must be made i think it's the same with the border and the easiest or the the most just way to do that is to impeach my orcas who without question on at least one occasion to our good friend chip roy lied under oath to congress right uh, beyond that we must, I, I heard some economists this morning uh, say, take a chainsaw to spending, right? Mm. If you look at where we are compared to pre-COVID, it, it's insane. Mm-hmm. And this game of uh, constantly you know, moving the goalpost, adjusting the baseline has to start immediately because the backdrop, and we all know this, right? The backdrop of all of this is that the national press will suddenly be very keenly interested in the pain that Americans are actually feeling. That they ignored this, over the
0: last year and a half, yes. Right. Yeah.
4: And so it, it's suddenly, we're going to own it. We're the dog that caught the bus. And we have to move and move quickly and show courage and at a minimum put a tourniquet on this disaster of a presidency so that Joe Biden can't do another dang thing between now and 2024.
0: Let me lay out a hypothetical situation, Jason, and get your quick take on it, because we're going to run short on time. That I think we could see a two-tiered response to this election. There could be what you see with a Republican Party run by McCarthy and McConnell in Washington, and then a Republican Party with governors like Carrie Lake and Ron DeSantis uh, and a few others around the country. For example, if I'm Ron DeSantis... I have every political incentive whatsoever and in the, in the political capital. Why don't I just have my own attorney general and my own surgeon general have my own Florida tribunal on COVID? After all, the governors were the ones that were asked to impose these restrictions. The governors were the delivery mechanism for all of these wicked policies, for the even the poisonous jab itself. I've got my Surgeon General's, one of the original frontline doctors. A lot of what has now been confirmed in the archives by, about the Kennedy assassination actually came out of a local DA's investigation in New Orleans. Okay, why not just use the power of your own state? and its bureaucracy, why not have your own COVID hearings? They, I mean, screw it. Pretend Washington doesn't exist. Just do them yourself Amen. with your own AG, your own Surgeon General, subpoena. You, you've got subpoena power. You've got the legislature to hold hearings. Hold your own. Do you see what I'm saying? Why not just
4: Absolutely. do that? Amen. Hallelujah. Ron DeSantis in Florida taking the lead on justice on COVID and Kerry Lake in Arizona. Taking the lead on shutting down the
0: board. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Love it. Let's get to the exit question. The all-time record for as long as we've been keeping this stat, which only goes back to about 1980, the all-time GOP record for Hispanic vote turnout by a Republican was four, by Republicans was 44 percent in George W. Bush's 2004 reelection, which was the last time a Republican won the popular vote for president. Will Republicans nationwide? go over or under that in next week's midterm elections? Aaron? Under. Under. Not by much, but under. Okay. Over. You think they go over? Jason, what do you think? Under. How far under do you think they go?
4: I think I think mid-30s to high-30s will be excellent. And I say that, I mentioned it earlier, just the regional nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, the concentration of, of the Hispanic population in certain urban centers just makes it difficult at a national level for us to bust that 44% number.
1: Okay. I say, I, I just to add to that, I, I say under, it's, it's like the uh, Coastal Carolina-Appalachian State game last night. I, I took the over at 64, <laughs> and they scored 63 points. I think it's going to be like 43, kay. something like that.
0: Really close. but um, Let's get to our kicker question. If you were advising Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, which one would you counsel to announce for 2024 first and why? Quickly, Todd. Trump and it's not even close.
2: Desantis can come in as a hero if Trump screws up. There's no reason for him to get out front of this. wait and see, okay, Aaron?
1: I would say Trump as well, and I would advise him to say, "Hey, uh, you like playing golf and playing the role of kingmaker and going on your rallies more than you do, uh, especially at your age. The uh, the title of President of the United States. Just enjoy it. Be you know, flex your muscles whenever you want to, but don't do this again."
0: jay
4: without question trump get out go in many ways (laughs) i mean look this i don't know if you guys saw this story where the doj leaked right that they are considering a special counsel quote if trump runs in 24 Mm -hmm. the guy has no choice he's got to get out of the starting blocks plus i mean he bought that new rolls royce engine for trump force one so he might as well fire it up
0: (laughs) all right let's get to predictions aaron
1: I think when we uh, come back here uh, next Thursday, we're going to be doing the Dace Group on Thursday, we will see something between something between a red tsunami and a red wedding. So I, I, I think Republicans will end up with a minimum of 54 seats, a maximum of 57 maybe. And uh, governorships, I think I'll just reiterate what I said last last week: there will be no more than four Democrat governors uh, west of the Mississippi.
0: Hmm. Todd, predictions?
2: I think there's going to be some precincts that are like the Iowa caucuses last time. We're just not ever going to figure out what they actually and were. They just gave
0: up and like, just we had- still don't actually know who won the Iowa caucuses. Yeah. They just gave up and moved on.
2: Yeah, well, they're just, and they're, if they don't get the result, they're like, they're like, we don't have to tell you. I mean, really, they, they're, I've told you before, they're, they're trying to now totally de-establish the legitimacy. Of the democratic process at all, because it's beneath them. It
0: does seem odd for the same people to be cheering their side winning a Brazilian election that was determined in about 20 minutes, okay? Then turning around and saying, but it's going to take us weeks to find out who won. It it does seem like an odd dichotomy there, yes. How progressive is cancer? Jason. Jason.
4: Uh, My prediction is uh, after one more day, the Houston Astros are going to bring home (laughs) another championship. And and our, our Mattress Mac is going to cash in that $75 million ticket. I look forward to watching it.
0: Nice. I'm going to predict that my prediction this week. Ron DeSantis will break the record for the largest margin of victory by a Republican gubernatorial candidate in Florida state history. The current record is Jeb Bush's 13-point win in 2002. And I think Ron DeSantis is going to beat that record. Amen. Agree. You agree with that, Jason?
2: Yep, I do.
0: What's the aftermath if he does that in about a minute?
4: (laughs) The aftermath of that is the attention that he has gotten the scrutiny that he has received is going to go through the roof and i think it will start not with the media but with donald trump
0: hmm. you think trump even if he's not an announced candidate you think trump starts in on him yep i do <sighs> i think Insanity, that's a bad i think that's it's a, t- bad move. A, I think it's a bad move terrible. i think it's a
4: bad move too
0: it's a bad move
2: that's but what, it wouldn't be the first bad move the man's that, made well that's why you wait if you're desantis Yep. That's um, why, you, that's you, why let,
0: you, you let him come at you. So you're so oh, yeah. So you're not the one challenging. You're not the you're yeah, not like, the you're not the prince challenging the king. Go the country.
2: What are you bothering with me over yes. here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Good stuff. Good to see you, JJ. Take care, man. Appreciate it. You
4: guys as well. <sighs> For,
1: I mean, it's not like that hasn't happened already to some degree. Not to the degree that I think we're talking about, but Trump and some of his allies have already. Already started to you know take little uh, little uh, jabs at uh, at DeSantis now and again. Doesn't happen all the time, but uh, his loyalists for sure are not afraid of going after him.
0: Hmm. <sighs> uh, I don't. To me, he could actually lock DeSantis completely out by basically putting his thumb on the scale and saying, I'm the one that can now deliver results as a result of this last election. I, I'm the one with the power to throw and because he, he does throw my the power to throw my weight around. And we have new leaders or we our leaders actually capitalize on these gains. I think reverting back into some pissing contest with a guy who's not even an announced candidate yet. I think, I think there's a lot of people that probably love Trump and, but aren't on his payroll that would roll their eyes at that, I think. Feedback Friday is next. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know. What you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, also Instagram and TikTok. Uh, look for clips of the show for free at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show that are also free of any censorship. And then you can also find us over on Truth Social at Dace there. If you're a podcast listener, thank you so much. Please, if you've yet to do so, leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. Feedback Friday coming your way, brought to you by our friends. Over at Eden Pure, BOGO is back for one week only for the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. You've been hearing me talk about it, and now you've wondered, hey, is, is this really as good as a lot of the people that have emailed steve and he shared those notes does that product really work as well as they claim well now is your best time to find out with a bogo when you buy one thunderstorm purifier you get one for free no matter how many you buy you get an additional one at equal amount for free so you buy two you get two free Buy three you get three free right um and they come with free shipping as well find out why they have sold over a quarter of a million of these units and they have countless five stars right now. Why I've gotten so many positive reviews from fellow blaze viewers and listeners just like you. When you go to Eden pure right now, Eden pure right now and use the discount code Steve Bogo for buy one, get one free. Steve Bogo is the code. Steve Bogo is the code at Eden pure deals.com. Should we get to some feedback Friday? Yes. you guys ready to to go? Let's do it. Let's begin. All right. We've got some uh, armchair election handicappers in the audience that are sending us some of their predictions. Should we throw those out there and see what what you guys think? I got a couple of them. Sure. You must be intrigued by them. I don't think you'd
2: be wasting time if you
0: weren't. Steve in Iowa, not me. Different Steve. Steve in Iowa says, Tuesday upset. Grassley loses in Iowa no i'm
1: not voting for him still but no
0: yeah this
2: that's i understand from the outside well he is from iowa Mm -hmm. and he thinks that see i i think i think somebody else living outside of iowa could possibly think that but i just don't i don't see it this is
0: where we get into ticket splitting all right i mean kim reynolds is going to yes yes Whatever the margin you think DeSantis is going to hit, hers is I think going I mean, I like I don't even know the name of her Democratic challenger. And dear, I, know, I know
1: dear who, dear, dear, yeah. dear Okay, dear, I don't I, I I
0: don't know her name and I know who Ron DeSantis is going up against. <laughs> and I know who Carrie Lake is going up against. I don't know the name of the Democrat nominee for governor in our state. I don't know her name.
1: Dear dear Deer dear, dear dear Okay. De
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see that like 60-40. I mean, I could see that be like a Grassley level of what Grassley used to pull in this state, you know, try to get to 60%. I I could see that be 60-40 on yeah. Tuesday. Yes. Here's why that matters. If it is... Yeah. Right. He's not losing. Okay. Um, But I will absolutely be fascinated to count up how many total vo- votes Kim Reynolds got compared to Charles Grassley? I will be interested to see that. Like could there be a 10% difference maybe? Like if she wins let's let's say she wins 58 42. Do you think Grassley wins 55 45? Okay. Could you see you see what I'm saying? I don't
2: know. Do you know what Grassley normally wins by?
0: Well, his goal in every in every cycle is to try to get to sixty percent. That's I mean he's made that mm-hmm. known many times to many people I know and people I know that have worked with and for him. That's like in 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 straight up this is a true story. In 2004, the Bush campaign called Grassley, the Iowa Bush campaign called Grassley down the stretch and said, "Hey, we had a real chance to flip the state and to win it." And it hasn't gone red since 84 in a presidential. And so, you know, um, but we're really low on money. Um, You're going to coast to victory. Could you help us out? And, would you know, be more aggressive. And Grassley was kind of like, well, if I do that, I might not hit my 60%. (laughs) Straight up. I know that's true straight up. Straight up, I know it's true. Because I know the person that was one of the people that was running Bush's Iowa campaign who had that direct conversation with Grassley and his people. That's how I know about it. This is why, for those of you, you may find this curious. Like, I, I can tell right away when someone comes to Iowa in a presidential election whether they have any shot of, of being successful here. Because you have to know the lay of the land. Like, I knew Trump was a serious candidate when his original political um, consultant, Sam Nunberg, started calling people like me and Bob Vanderplots and not calling the Republican leaders in the Iowa House or Terry Branstad, okay? That's how you knew, okay, he knows the lay of the land here. Like in most states, in most states, if you get that... Now, this is different with Kim. I, I think Kim's the first either senator or governor since I've been heavily involved in Iowa politics, which is going back almost 20 years now, that could put her thumb on the scale and and maybe maybe even rival Mr. Vander Plaats over there for the amount of Cause, cause leverage because she's, in she's ways, earned it with the base and yeah. she's
1: more of an extension
0: of you guys instead yes, of something correct. separate the rest of those other people all were separate from what we do with the grassroots and so I could tell right away Scott Walker was doomed because he didn't come to me and he didn't even though even though the, the PR firm that represented me at the time Shirley and Bannister was the exact same PR firm that Scott Walker hired OK, so he didn't come to me. He didn't come to Vanderplats. He went to started lining up leaders in the legislature like you would in any other state. Iowa is not like every other state. First of all, a caucus is different than a primary. And it's a lot about having the right activists that bring people with them to the polls that know how to organize at a precinct level. And so do you know who the players are that can help you amass that organization? And so we had this weird thing in Iowa where we had this governor for life in Terry Branstead, but he hated the caucuses, kept trying to get them moved and canceled, hated, tried to get the straw poll canceled, eventually did, because they were constant reminders that people are just voting for you because they hate Democrats, but your base hates you and they don't want to, they don't want to support the candidates for president that you want. Grassley has no influence in an Iowa caucus despite the fact he's been senator here almost as long as you and I've been alive or a member of congress, right? Yes. And that's a unique circumstance that probably doesn't exist like anywhere else. And and so now we're in a position where Grassley needs the, the, the governor, who's the champion of the grassroots, Kim Reynolds, <laughs> needs her to have the coattails now to carry him across the finish line. So, no, I don't see that happening. All right. Here's another one. Bartley Burke, who is emeritus librarian at the University of Notre Dame. How about them apples? That's something. I bet you. Can you imagine what goodies lie probably within the Notre Dame library? You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, I have a seen out of Dr. Strange where there is some lower level. You need a certain key. All right. Only certain people can read those. I, I can't even imagine what goodies exist within the inner sanctum of Notre Dame's student uh, or university library. All right. And he was their librarian emeritus. He says, look out for Illinois and J.B. Pritzker's gubernatorial reelect there.
1: I can't see that either, but I couldn't see
0: Colorado. And Illinois has had a Republican governor recently. Now he was, I mean, Bill Maher was more of a Republican straight up than this Republican governor was. I mean, straight up. Okay. But he was officially a Republican. So, you know, they have had one more recently. And of course, Illinois did have one of the worst lockdowns in the country, right? No, I don't know anybody. I think Darren Bailey is the candidate out there. Does that sound right? Does that name ring a bell? No idea. Okay, but I've heard nothing, seen nothing. But if we get into red wedding territory, and if 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 you have a a, a depressed a, a tropical depression level of black turnout in Chicago, like what they're worried about in Detroit and Philadelphia yeah. right now, could the rest of Ala- of Illinois that looks like Alabama possibly? If if we get into red wedding territory, sure. Then, then that's a possibility, but I think it would take something like that, probably, right? So,
1: actually, I'm I'm looking at some of the polls of Illinois, and it's there's a lot of them that are that are closer than you would think. So,
0: are we just maybe not doing a good enough job of paying attention to it? You're yeah.
1: thinking, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, Emerson, Emerson just came out with one late October. It was a ten point lead, but there were some within five points, a few within you know seven points. Okay, closer than I would have thought.
0: Janine says I've been teaching for 29 years I came to Christ in my eighth year as a teacher slowly I became aware of the nefarious activities of the National Education Association that's one of the big teacher unions they supported every baby killer political candidate they could find and Planned Parenthood recently I heard about the badges provided by my union to help kids be connected to evil groomers behind their parents backs and I couldn't go any further I resigned from my union My local chapter has an all-in policy, so I was not allowed to simply stop supporting the state and national NEA. Fine. I assume my loyalist union leaders will somehow get me in trouble and have no union lawyer to back me now. I have nothing but positive reports in my personnel file, but the pronouns and gender preferences have hit our elementary school, and this homie, don't play that. In the end, I feel relieved and lighter. I know God will protect me. I encourage all the teachers in your audience to do the same. No fat paycheck is worth this evil. Let's say, first of all, Janine, props to you for your courage of conviction. Yes. On the other hand, though, if what Janine is proposing seems just unattainable to you, she's been doing this for 29 years. Mm -hmm. It took 29 years for her to finally reach a breaking point of, I just... I just can't. I mean, I, wonder, I, I what have I been doing? I can't. I can't do this anymore. So no. Uh, while Janine's conviction is um, is laudable, and we just did that, right? Mm-hmm. It's also not unachievable. It took Janine twenty nine years for her conviction to outweigh her fears and everything else that goes along with you know risking something like that. What if you know? Let me do the math on this real quick. How many? I'm going to type this in. So forgive me as I fig, as I look this up, guys. How many members does NEA have? The National Teachers Association.
1: Hey, Todd. Three million.
0: Never yes. mind. Never mind. We I was going to do a dad joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The NEA has three million. Let's say 10% of them, it's probably more than that, okay? But let's just say 10% of them are people of real biblical conviction on, on some level, have some knowledge, love, reverential fear of the only true living God. Just 10% of those mm-hmm. teachers. It's probably more than that, probably a lot more than that, I would guess. But let's just say it's just 10%. That's 300,000, right? If my math is right. Sure. Isn't that 10% of 3 million? What would the system do if 300,000 teachers just said, yeah, we're not doing Malthusian ethics anymore, but thanks. Yeah. We're just not doing it anymore. Appreciate it though. Here's looking out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not calling anybody by any damn pronoun. These kids will be lucky if I remember their damn names. See what I'm saying? Yes. What if, what if, what if 300,000 teachers did that? They gotta fire them all? Right. Maybe they try. Where's the next batch of teachers coming from? See, this is all a game of leverage. And it always has been. It's always been a game of leverage. Life is a game of leverage. This is what we are not a nation of laws and we never have been. We're a nation of political will and we always will be. That's what that means. Will is a manifestation of leverage or leverage a manifestation of will. You will have the level of evil and tyranny you will tolerate and comply with. You will have it. The idea that the evil and tyranny would just say, you know what, I think we pushed you too far today. We'll ease up. No. Instead, what they'll do is have taxpayer-funded broadcasting run radio broadcasts of murders, of child murders, as they're get the, closing get-out-the-vote message. They'll do that instead. They'll do that instead. This has always been a question of will. Nothing more, nothing less. It's a question of will. We will comply, so we will get more. Or enough of us will comply, so we will get more. And you can write all of your Facebook posts about all the uh, fancy wordings of the Constitution. Do not quote laws to the lawless. Do not cite tradition to stained glass window smashers. They care not for those things. They oppose them. It's not that they're unaware. It's that they don't care. Laws don't enforce themselves. Traditions don't sustain themselves. The Lord himself, the most powerful being in the cosmos, chose realized he still needed to choose people to be the vessels of his will. Whether they were called prophets or apostles or bishops. This has always been a question of will. You know, we were kind of laughing last hour about the dichotomy of the spirit of the age on one hand applauding Brazil for voting its way allegedly And it was able to seemingly count those votes in about 10 minutes, right? In Brazil. In Brazil. Fairly densely populated country. Yes. Yeah. Um, And and then turns right around and says, but it may take, you know, weeks for us to count the votes here in the most modern country of them all, right? And we're kind of chuckling at the obvious dichotomy and disconnect, if not outright hypocrisy of that. Here's one. Can I give you another one? Sure. This one's going to sting, though. You ready for it? Sure. Here's one. I'm a part of the silent majority. But I comply with everything that the tyrannical minority tells me I have to do and makes me do. I comply with it all. I do everything they say. How's that for a dichotomy for you? hmm The majority of Americans agree with me on blank. But I'll do what they tell me to do anyway. At least the other side, when it, it, when it acts in blatant hypocrisy, it does so to its own advantage. <laughs> All right. We act in blatant hypocrisy to our disadvantage. We crow on and on and on about uh, polls and uh, election wins and silent majorities. Year after year, cycle after cycle, but then just turn right around and go right along with everything that we claim the silent majority agrees with us upon is wrong. History is won by those who show up, period. History is won by those who show up.
2: Can I echo that? It's really important. What's her name? Janine. Thank you for sharing with us. But you need to share that far and wide. If you have anything resembling other conservative outlets locally, do it. Share it publicly on social media and get a hold of the Congress people that you think, uh, the, the, the legislative people there in your state locally that can help because I knew this beforehand, but I've seen it with my own eyes. If I, Kim Reynolds and uh, legislators here in Iowa were definitely, ready and prepared to be stubborn about save girl sports in iowa but you could just tell how grateful they were when my daughter stepped up because the left had one person that they rolled out over and over again that they uh were fully prepared to use and they knew how instantly that person that uh, student was uh neutered by my daughter's story and then my daughter's story drew girls from across the metro girls that now are now some of their closest friends and the one of uh belonging to a school that's uh, uh, steve's and my children now go to and they're close friends with because they were people they're real and of substance and some of the lasting pictures after that vote happened were the smiling girls they stepped up they showed courage and they were at the governor and the left Spam those pictures out and just said, oh, look at the smug look on those faces. Those terrible people. High school girls. They knew. They did that because they just knew what a weapon of truth that they were. It got outside of the normal political shenanigans. And the courage that, like I said, I admittedly was already there, turned into some of the finest oratory that I think anybody has ever uttered in the history of the Iowa legislature standing up for the rights of these girls. You could be that person too. And you won't know until you do it, but other teachers may be drawn to your courage. It's one thing to come to us and share with us, and maybe we can do it by setting it up uh, to other teachers, but you need to do that. If you're serious about this, it can't just stop here. You need to show the courage of going fully to war on this.
0: When I check my election analysis and ask myself, as I do on everything constantly, am I wrong here? Am I seeing something wrong? Uh, am I projecting what I want to see? Blah, blah, blah. And I do that in every situation and circumstance. The one thing, the one thing that, the one of two scenarios is occurring here. One. What I am seeing happening, the the Youngkin coalition of formerly Republican suburbanites come home, join with newly Republican MAGA rurals. And now we add in an unprecedented layer of Hispanic support. Or. It's just a lot of the same people that have voted Republican mostly off and on most of their lives are doing so right now in anger, concern, and frustration with with record turnout because of what is currently happening with the country. And it is a replay of the silent majority shows up on election day to save America and then goes back home and remains silent. You see what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah. And, and, and so it's the worst case scenario in some respects where we just think we fall for the we can just vote ourselves out of this again. We were never going to be able to vote ourselves out of this. We were always going to have to confront this ourselves. And I and I think about that again because I'm I got the latest poll from Trafalgar in my inbox this morning. Uh let me dig that out. Here it is. Poll. This is from Trafalgar. Two thirds of independents afraid to say who they will vote for. Yeah. Yeah, did, that, did you see this? No, but this two thirds of independents afraid to say who they will vote wasn't for.
2: Wasn't it earlier this week? This is what I talked. This this golden mean notion. They know that something's wrong and something's got to be done. Mm-hmm. But then, if the something's got to be done by somebody so, well, else, that, of course, uh, yeah, somebody else. Yeah. But not not quite that extreme. See this, this. What if the truth is the extreme, and we are at that point now? We are dealing with forces of good and evil. Something must be done in a way that if it would been done a long time ago, we wouldn't be here. But none of you wanted to do it because of the very thing you're talking about, Steve. That we've anesthetized ourselves to simply understanding. And we go to the movie. This is my point about Braveheart. Sons of Scotland, everybody walks out and I wasn't that the best. But when it comes down to
0: it. But I can't even tell a pollster I've never heard before who I'm going to vote for. Yes. When when the president of the United States has a 38% approval rating. Yeah. I I just. I know. Call me crazy, but I kind of feel if you're not even willing to tell someone who you're going to vote for. That you maybe can't be counted on right. to confront anybody face to face. Absolutely. I'm kind of thinking maybe. Thoughts? Is that too harsh? No. Yeah. That
2: that's the stuff that keeps me up at night. They're they're,
0: they're running <laughs> If you weren't tuned into the last hour, and I mean literally when Aaron said this it, it just freaking blew my mind when he made the unplanned reference. That movie got rated R with no nudity or swear words. Mm-hmm. Because it depicted an actual abortion and showed it to people. And that was 2019. And they didn't want, they didn't yeah. want people to see that. They hoped by rating it R, you wouldn't take your teenage daughters to mm-hmm. see it. You'd avoid right. it. Uh, they didn't want people to see that. Now, they're just running them on NPR. And we took letters about that movie at the time. Remember from Christians, I have far. a policy
2: of not seeing rated yep. R
0: movies, but Dr. Jeff
2: Myers was on yesterday talking about, we keep refu- confusing the gospel with being nice. Yeah.
0: That's heretical. I won't tell you who it was because they're good people and they do a lot of great Christian philanthropy, but one of the biggest f- Christian philanthropic families in the country tried to pressure the unplanned filmmakers into taking the telemed abortion scene out or toning it down I don't know because it. it was too graphic. It was too graphic. Satan get behind me. Honest to God. And Satan, and and yet and now me. they're just running live abortions, man. Just t- yeah. Yeah. just running them on tape. Instant replay. Get the highlights. Listen to the suction on NPR as we just played for you. I, I mean, I, I just don't know what to say. This is I, gonna be the first time this will be the first time in human. We have seen cultures go down for cowardice. We've seen cultures, and this is kind of a form of it, but I mean an unwillingness to fight like on any level. Uh, we've seen cultures go down for decadence. We have all those very signs of late empire, you know, or as Dave Reboy calls it, uh, the late republic nonsense. This will be the first time a, 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 an empire has ever gone down for, for just being nicer than its own yeah. enemies were. Not, that, that's just never happened before. That, that's just never happened in all of human history. We just niced ourselves out of a civilization. We own 300 million guns, had the majority, the, the silent majority the entire time. We just, you know, we just put such a value on being considered nice that we just couldn't handle what it would take to actually do something about the fact that a guy's dropping his hairy sack on my kid's face at the library down the street.
2: Every single time we see optimistic forecasts about anything behind that, is this conversation we just had for me it looms over me like a shadow because ultimately steve you've said it the people are the problem if those are the people we can't move forward not not in any sustained transformative way red wedding or not
0: maybe i just have an advantage that i didn't grow up in a good home and on a given basis, man, I didn't know if Dad was taking us to Cedar Point, Disney World, or beating the crap out of us. And so, no, I just got used to not needing a lot of approval for people. So maybe I'm just abnormal. I don't, I don't know what it's like. You guys have, you guys know what I struggle with. You know, mm-hmm. you've seen, you guys see me behind the scenes. You ever seen me struggle with what if I just don't get people's approval? No. Well, I just not I can't, I can't resonate with that. Neither you know? can I. I, and so I know I have struggles, like there's probably a lot of you that you've mastered the art of bouncing your, your eyes and not noticing the hot chick in the yoga pants at the gym. And so you don't know why I can't, I'm struggling to do the same. So we all have our crosses to bear mine though. One of mine is not, what if they won't like me? What if they reject me? What if I, I just don't, I can't. And that's probably why I got this gig. That's why the Lord put me here, because I just, I don't care. I just can't tell you how little I care. But
2: it's especially, I've seen it too many times with my own eyes. It's it's not just general. I mean, I get why people have a different, I know you do too, why people have a different affect than you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I are on the edge of not giving a rip on no matter what, but these people are faced with 11th hour really bad stuff happening right around them in their own school districts, and they still feel that way.
0: Right. I mean, you're going to see a lot of people vote against what's going on in the schools, but a lot of these same people didn't show up to stand with you at those school board no. meetings all those years, did they? No. See, that's where you wonder. <laughs>
2: oh, it, some of those people, they agree with what I agree, but they were still glad I was gone because I think I make them feel bad about themselves.
0: That's the one thing that I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. does It doesn't change the result I think we're going to see on Tuesday, but it it does make me wonder about what the aftermath of that result will be and the conversations we'll be having in the weeks and months thereafter, right? Especially if the Trump show starts back up right away, you know, and then, uh, then, uh, then, I just got the show. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to show. Just sit by, wait, you know, for Trump to win this thing and, and take president in January in 2025. Never go to a school board meeting. Never attend anything going on at my job or anything of that nature, you know. Trump's got this. Just kind of go back to our old idolatries, basically. Oh, yes. We're gonna make that very hard for you to do on this show. (laughs) Amen. We'll come back with more in a moment. There's over 300 places in your body called joints. They are from your neck down to the bottom of your feet. And these are critical when it comes to flexibility, having an active lifestyle, but as we get older, They also uh, become hubs and receptors for inflammation. And unless you have a clinical condition, if you do, you should be hopefully getting proper medical treatment. But uh, chances are, if it's not clinical, they are the reason for the chronic pain in your body that is manifesting itself as lingering achiness, soreness, sift, stiffness, etc. That's why I want to recommend the all-natural anti-inflammatory that I use on a daily basis. Our friends over at Omega XL, they have developed this over several decades of clinical research. It's a fantastic product. I I use it daily. I take it with me everywhere I go. I can't give it a better endorsement than that. If you want to try it today, they offer you. Buy one, get one free. Buy a bottle, get a second bottle for free today. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve or call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. All right, let's get back to some feedback Friday. This is from Jeremiah Navarre. He writes, I went to public school growing up and I've had a philosophical crisis recently after listening to a lecture series on the first few hundred years of American history from a Christian perspective. I realized then that probably most of what I was taught was either just a straight up lie or has been severely tainted by a secular humanist worldview. Anyhow, I preface with I preface that to ask. What does it mean for the government to shut down? How does that come to pass? What ramifications does it have on citizens? Should I care? So I want to say the last time we had a government shutdown, wasn't it something like, because so many of these things are determined to be emergency and not shut downable like 30, 40% of the actual government or something actually shut down, I want to say, or yes. something like that. When we had the sequester fight in the Obama years, which was just about slowing the rate of growth of spending, I believe that was like 17% or something. That was, you know, and that was going to lead to an apocalypse, as, as I recall at the time, yeah. right?
2: And then it's also clearly so optical. I mean, they put police tape around like the Washington Monument, which- That's like, right. That's
0: what happened in the Obama years. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, I, that's right. I had forgotten about that. Like you,
2: you can, like you can really close that down. They just want you to see that.
0: Yeah. So the way, what, what happens in a government shutdown is, and hopefully, although I wouldn't hold my breath, hopefully you'll get a class on this soon after this election. But again, I wouldn't hold my breath. The Constitution says that all appropriations begin in the House. All right. And so uh, that's the House of Representatives. And appropriations means the marking of the people's money for the funding of the government and its initiatives. Um, the president proposes a budget. Now, even when he had 60-plus Democratic senators, Obama could never get a budget passed, not once in his presidency. Uh, and so what happens if, if you can't pass a budget, one of two things occurs, that the government actually either goes into shutdown or a temporary measure which is called a continuing resolution or a CR. Sometimes you'll hear it referred to like as a CR as such in the media. A continuing resolution which is to basically just to sustain things at their current levels, except it doesn't even do that because these always turn into massive what are called omnibus bills, meaning they've just loaded all kinds of amendments and pork and everything else on there. And, and so what was meant to be an emergency measure to sustain the current uh, size of government's operation always ends up growing government when the rest of the uh, garbage gets piled on. Okay, and that's what we did for eight years in the Obama presidency. We just could never get a budget passed; uh, never had the votes, and so they just did this by continuing resolution over and over again. And and that's kind of what has been a lot of what we've seen in the 21st century. When you and I were growing up, you know the famous Reagan era budget fights and all that kind of stuff. We haven't seen too many of those anymore. A lot of this is just because of the unibrow aspect of the two, poli- the leaderships of the two political parties. It's uh, they f- pretend to fight one another. And then they just do a continuing resolution and everybody gets their pet projects and we all just move on until the next orchestrated mm-hmm. fight. But the way that our founders intended for the, the this system to work is that the people's house. The, the the legislative branch, which is the most directly accountable and responsive to the people, and, and the House, which is the most directly accountable within that accountability branch, because those guys only get reelected every two years, so they're constantly under threat. That's why appropriations were put there, so that you'd have the most opportunity to hold people accountable for the spending of your money. And they fully intended that process to be political. They fully intended that process to be, hey, should the government become uh, an illegal enterprise? Like our current one. Uh, Should it uh, get involved in gangster government, corporatism, uh, unjust wars, things of that nature, that the House would then just say, well, we're not not funding that anymore. That's a check and a balance. That's the way it was intended to work. That's what my buddy Chip Roy is going to try to make happen. After this election with the lame duck session, I wish him well with that.
2: But, yeah, well, that's because he's not talking to a population that th- thinks the same way about debt anymore. I mean, Correct. back then we had debtors' prisons. Correct. One of the primary reasons we moved from the Articles of Confederation to the Constitution is how do we pay our debts? Yes. This was fundamentally a moral issue. Now debt is like, well, yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah, isn't that back in the bumper man? Yeah, we're just going to roll this over with another continuing re- resolution and print more money. Exactly. But do I did I sat, do you think I sufficiently answered his question there? Well, yeah, but now what's his so and and then what they'll try to do when 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 they think that someone that there might be enough votes for a hardline shutdown, what they'll do is like we had we had one in Iowa several years ago, we had we had one in Iowa uh, because Iowa law and a lot of states have this, Iowa law requires that the budget ha- that that comes that's passed by the legislature and signed by the governor every year has to balance. Right. And, and several states have this, and so when we came out of the two thousand and ten midterms, and we still have a demic, or uh, no. That that was before. That was the, the so that was actually under. <laughs> actually it happened under Branstead in the nineties. Republicans got control of the of the government. In the, in the late in the 90s, after 94, the Republican governor, Terry Branstad, didn't want to cut spending back. And so what governments will typically do when they don't want to have to cut spending is they'll say they'll take the stuff that you really need government to do, like highway patrol in a state. State cops, sheriffs, all right, mm-hmm. the first responders, they'll cut that stuff. On a federal level, what they'll do is they'll cut military benefits because they know that people have sympathy for our veterans and their families, and a lot of them are, frankly, very Republican or conservative, and mm-hmm. now they'll have their own yeah. – con- Republicans will have their own constituents. My, my husband is a sergeant private first class, and we're not going to get our bennies if you guys keep the government yeah. shut down. And so that's the game, okay? Yes. That's the game that that's is That's exactly what it is, yeah. a game.
1: This is why we were talking about yesterday. You start jacking with the economy, the five pillars of, uh, of or five properties, I guess, of currency. It's hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Same thing when it comes to uh, budget fights. The the one way, the one way that the United States could dig out, or at least start digging out of its debt problem. That would impact the fewest number of people and inflict the least amount of pain on regular uh, people who are not on the government dole is decreasing the size of government. That's how that's one way it would be slow, but that's what you always get because we have an, an endless, a bottomless pit of bureaucracy. And as you said, Todd, it's just a game, just a game to them.
0: BJ asks, With Trump having started the lockdowns and supporting vaccine mandates, is there any way he can win in 2024 if he doesn't come up with a mea culpa on these issues? Number one, Trump did not. Has has never gone on the record in support of vaccine mandates. So we should state that for the record. Uh, He did support lockdowns. In fact, continues to brag that his lockdowns saved lives, but all other future lockdowns were bad. Not true. But it's also not true that he supported vaccine mandates. Now, the last, you know, going back to September of last year, the last year we spent fighting vaccine mandates in this country. Was he much of an advocate for us? No. No. So he didn't advocate for the mandates, but he wasn't much of an advocate for us very often against them. Um, Did he sound for several months like he was a, 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 a salesman? a pharmaceutical rep for Pfizer or Moderna. Yes. Numerous times, actually. Even uh, the rally he had one rally this past, just this summer, actually, if I recall, right? They tell me not to bring this up, that you guys don't want to hear about it. They keep telling me that, but I hope you're getting vaccinated. It's a great vaccine. We've saved a lot of lives, right? Didn't that happen, I believe? Yeah. So it's it's, it's not quite as the way you are framing it. All right. But I'm sharing BJ's note. Because this is a dangling participle that will have to be addressed. But you need to remember, people don't judge politicians like in a vacuum as singular entities. Because elections aren't, an, aren't about writing essays or profiles, but you're making a choice. All right? And so people, therefore, it's like when you go to a restaurant. The fact that I'm here at the restaurant, every now and then will someone be so disgusted by what's, by the full uh, assortment of choices on the menu, they just get up and walk out? Sure. Sure, but how many times have you really done that in your life?
2: I can't recall. That.
0: Yeah. Most of the time, once you've made the commitment to go to the restaurant, they've poured the water and you've met your waiter and you sit down. Yeah. At, at some point, you've just decided, you know what, it's just such a hassle. I'll just, I don't like the menu, but I'll find something here. Okay? Okay. And that's how most people handle voting. You know, the, the, Most people don't go to the polling booth and then look at the choices and they're like, these are just all terrible. I can't do it. And then run out screaming and complaining. All right. They, once they're there, they figure, yeah, might as well make a choice, I guess. Pick what I think is the best one or the one that's the least offensive. So that means that when you have a weakness, there must be a viable option that offers people an alternative choice on that weakness. Like if, if Trump's opponents are just Mike Pence types, then there's, he's so much better than them on all the other issues that your disgust on this one issue. Isn't going to be a factor for you because he's dramatically superior to them on all the other issues that you will factor in. Weaknesses don't get exploited singularly. They get exploited relationally. Someone else is offering me a better option. If you offer me a better option, if the waiter comes to you and says, you know what? That's our every night menu. Let me show you the specialty menu. See if you might find something there that you like. And then lo and behold... Center cut mignon right there on the on the specialty yeah. menu. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now you're like, now I can now I can be really honest about how much that other menu sucks, because you're offering me something I want on the other menu. If there is no specialty menu, though, you might be like, well, you know, I really don't want to order duck, but yeah. I guess here's where we yeah. are. All right. And people
2: are so fickle. This can even happen in the same restaurant that you were just in last week, because that's what would happen with this election. It's going to be the exact same election you just had last time and right. you, and you chose otherwise. Right. But if it's, if you have a slightly different set of deck chairs on the Titanic,
0: you can make a different choice. And may, but and then maybe there's not a specialty menu, but then maybe the waiter comes to you and says, you know what? What do you like the most? And you're like, well, you know, I was looking at this, you know, grilled chicken platter, but it's got a couple things on it. I don't like, you know, and I don't want, I didn't like the sides. And then they say to you, all right, what if we go off-menu here? What sides do you like? And we're going to make them anyway. You know, what if we offered you, you know, a different choice? You're like, eh, okay. In other words, Trump could just say, yeah, more I thought about it. Lockdowns were dumb and sucked, and the jab's poison. Don't take it anymore. You see what I'm saying? Now, all of a sudden, you're like, eh, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, a, it, it's not a static process. It's not in a vacuum. It's not singular. It's always in relationship to what other options are either presented to me or I perceive to be available. And those options can change even by the menu itself can change what options are there. So you have to ask yourself who will run in this Republican field who is fully equipped with the resume and credibility to attack Trump on this issue, to offer himself up or herself up as the alternative, the the place where you go because of your grievance. And there's only one, and it's Ron DeSantis. And that's why there's only one of two people that are going to be the Republican nominee. The guy that had a killer presidency going before COVID or the guy that helped save the country from COVID after Trump nearly wrecked it with COVID. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. One of those two guys is going to be the nominee. And, and we're going to watch them sort of tug and war and figure out, you know, and, you're, and then you out there watching will decide which of those narratives you're the most convinced by and vote one way or the other. And one of them will be the nominee and the other one won't. And we'll move on. That's what will happen. It may not be fun. It'll be a messy process, I can promise. <laughs> but it will occur. If DeSantis runs, if he doesn't, then it won't. Don't forget. About, don't forget about rough greens. Your pet means more to you than just oh, put some water in the dish with some food. No, its health and happiness is a big part of uh, being a pet owner because the pet's a big part of your family too that's why you want to make sure you restore the vitamins minerals and nutrients missing from your pet's diet that were likely stripped out before it ever left the store same thing they do with the people food that's why we take so many supplements these days and now there's one for your pet it's called rough greens we give you the first 14 day jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less you take up the lesser expense of the shipping but we'll pick up the bigger tab with the free bag When you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com, it's a great product. My dog loves it. You can call them at 833 Rough Dog if that's easier for you. 833 Rough Dog or go to RoughGreens.com. A reminder, next week's going to be pretty quirky because I'm going to be a part of the Blaze TV election night coverage. All right. It gets going at 745 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. Gets going at 745 p.m. PM Eastern at blaze TV.com or the Blaze TV YouTube channel. All right. So I'll be there. Jason Whitlock will be there. Allie Stuckey and more. If it'll be anything like 2020, those guys will all show up for a bit, and then Glenn and I will be there all by ourselves until 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, uh, blaze TV.com. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Uh, blaze TV.com, It begins at 745 Eastern, and you can also watch it on our YouTube channel right now. Subscribe with the promo code REDWAVE and get $30 off a Blaze TV subscription. That's a huge discount, folks. Huge. $30 off a Blaze TV subscription right now when you go to blazetv.com and use the promo code redwave that might be the biggest discount i've ever seen us offer. Yeah. $30 off an annual subscription so that's 30%, right? At red when you use promo code redwave at blazetv.com. All right, we're out of here for the weekend. Back at it again on Monday. Until then. John 317. This is Steve Days